Welcome to the program. I'm Jeff Sheckman. Many of our greatest cities are known for just one or two things. Detroit, certainly for the auto industry. San Francisco for the 60s and tech today. Houston for the oil industry and Los Angeles for Hollywood. New York in so many ways transcends all of that. Sure, it's the home of Wall Street and the capital of finance. But without putting down any other city, New York stands alone as a pantheon to the very idea of cities themselves and all that they represent. The great chronicler of cities, Jane Jacobs, once said, By its very nature, metropolis provides what otherwise could be given only by traveling, namely the strange. Very few cities offer that strangeness, the ability to round a corner and be surprised over and over again. New York does that. We're going to talk about this today with my guest, Craig Taylor. He's the author of the best-selling Londoners, as well as One Million Tiny Plays About Britain. His writing has appeared in numerous publications, and it is my pleasure to welcome Craig Taylor back to the program to talk about his newest work, New Yorkers, a city and its people in our time. Craig, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thanks. It's great to have you here. When you said about this project, talk a little bit about how it was infused by the work that you did in London and Londoners and, and, and the way you approached New York, having done what you did for another great city in London. Well, Londoners came out of a, a feeling of curiosity. I just would see people on the tube, on the streets, and wonder who they were and how they lived and how they got by and what they did. And, and so when that project came to an end, I was given the chance to go to New York and speak to 200 different New Yorkers. And I, I really think you'd have to be a fool to pass up on that kind of opportunity. <laughs> um, so I, I leapt at it, and, uh, and that's what got me to New York. And I, I sort of applied the same idea of a kaleidoscopic portrait of the city. And what did you immediately find was fundamentally different about New York? I think the big difference for me was not necessarily the people. People are, are generally similar in everywhere, um, their hopes and wants and dreams. But there was a sense of velocity that was different. There was a sense that uh, people were going to get to the personal quicker. The, the self-mythology was different in New York. People were willing to talk about themselves in a way that was very different than what I experienced in London. So I would say those, those things. It was just a faster experience. It was faster to get to the real stories. And then people just had more of a sense of who they wanted to be in New York. Given that it was faster, one of the things that, that's so remarkable about New York, and, and, and some of the people talk about this, is the rate of speed at which things change. The way New York, in, in terms of how it's defined, is constantly changing. Talk about that. Yeah, New York is, um, is always changing, and I was certainly envious. Um, when I arrived uh, at, at previous versions of New York, I was always told, oh, you just missed it. You missed it by a month. You missed it by a year. You missed it by five years. You missed it by 20. And when you read about New York, you read about all of these vibrant previous iterations of the city. And it's hard not to be envious of, of that. But uh, again and again, I felt that this was the New York that I got. And the New York I experienced was in many ways different, but in many ways just as rich. It was still a massive collection of, of individuals. And, you know, as your Jane Jacobs quote hinted at, it's the, it's the proximity, the surprise of who you're going to meet, who you're going to be next to. And even as the city changes, that sense of proximity to weirdness and greatness, that's, that's a constant in New York. 
given the rate of change, given the way in which things change as you're talking about, is it harder to nail down what New York is? Is it like trying to nail jello to the wall because it's changing so much? Absolutely. And uh, these projects afford uh, very various different definitions of the city because it's a lot of different people, 75 people in the book talking about their particular New York. It meant that I didn't have to come up with with one great definition, which A, would be wrong, and, and B, who needs that from a Canadian who just showed <laughs> up? So it was their definitions of the city. To some, it was dying. To some, it was thriving. To some, real estate had cleaned it out, pushed people to its, to its furthest corners. To some, the rich were ruining it. I, I wanted a, a compendium of what New York was so that it, it wouldn't be down to, this, to one inevitably false definition. How many of those things do you sense when, when you hear things like the rich are ruining it, it's dying, it's coming back, real estate, etc.? How much of that is sui generis to New York, and how much of that would you hear in any major city? I think all of the issues are, are similar to, to, where you, to those that you'd hear everywhere else. But as one of my interviewees said, we just do it better, baby. We just you know, we feel it in a different way. And and everything is just more amplified there. I think that you you feel the punitive, harsh edge of New York in a way that's that's different. Um, you feel, you know, the space you've got. You're spending a lot of money for a tiny space. So, so these issues of of rent and getting by and property and real estate are, are felt um, in a you know in a very profound way. And that leads for a writer to some interesting imagery. Um, I did in, interview a. A real estate uh, person who taught, who told me about uh, a place that she rented out, which was prone to flooding, but it still had a lineup down the street. Uh, even though she told people that once in a while they might wake up, you know, on an air mattress floating, floating on water, and and that didn't deter them from trying to get this apartment. So, so the the way that these issues are amplified often leads to imagery and stories that um, that are helpful for for anyone trying to write about the place. Because the spaces are so small, there's greater emphasis on public spaces. Talk about that. I think public space becomes incredibly important, and um, it's a place where you know New Yorkers can can mix. And I think just the sight of of people mixing is is so important these days. Um, we live, uh, you know, we live very separate lives. We live very divided lives in some case. And I think the public spaces and the shared spaces in New York are, are one of the rare places in the world today where, where you can see someone whose experience of life is so different than your own. You can, you can see the other. No matter who you are in New York, there is always an other to you. There's always someone who is different. And I just think that that's such an important part of being a human being, of learning about other people, mixing with others, seeing others. It, you know, it helps move us out of these silos that we have um, built ourselves into. And so those spaces in New York I saw as being very important and, and worth celebrating. Because of that difference, because of that diversity, is it harder for there to be a sense of common community? In some cases, yes. Um, but I think there are, there are instances in New York, there are issues in New York that, that bring people together. Um, there are obviously many different communities. You can find every type of American in New York City. You can go to Staten Island and talk to someone on the very right wing of the spectrum. You can go elsewhere and speak to the exact opposite. But 
what happens in New York obviously has brought people together. Um, in the last 20 years, I was I was very conscious of the events that had taken place and wanted to um, include those in the book. And I think it's it's those moments that uh, that provide these focal points. Um, so I heard a lot of stories of people coming together, of finding common bonds um, over 9/11, over Hurricane Sandy, the blackouts, the financial crisis, Black Lives Matter. There were all of these inflection points that brought people together in the city. There was also a kind of smaller um, connection that people had and that I heard again and again, where there was just this compassion that you felt for your fellow New Yorker. You reached across the chasm at some points. You were called upon to be a good citizen in a way. And and I heard countless stories about that. A subway conductor talked about holding the hand of a woman as she died on on his platform being with her in the last few moments of her life and just being called upon to do that and, and stepping up. And so so I think there were instances where people really came together in a city that often pushes them apart. It's interesting that all of those things happened around tragedies of sort, 9-11 certainly and Hurricane Sandy and, and the recession. All of those are, are, are negative things that, that have brought people together. It's, it's kind of interesting that it's not out of any kind of positive sense. Yeah, I think I think obviously these these huge traumatic events bring out a, an immediate uh, reaction, and people have to band together in ways they wouldn't. But but I saw, you know, I, I also heard about the joy of of being on a big stage, whatever that big stage was in New York. The joy of of being in Shea Stadium in 1986. The joy of you know of what it felt like to be on a stage on Broadway after spending your years in the provincial theaters. You know, th- there was also a sense of, of, of joy uh, that brought people together there. And I, and I definitely wanted to include that, the zaniness and the joy of the city as well. The thing that goes along with that, which, which so many of the people that you talk to speak about, is the resiliency of New Yorkers. And that, in that way, it is kind of a self-selecting population. Absolutely. That's that's very well put. You you know, you have to be there and, and there is a constant balance, a weighting of of should I stay or should I go? Is it worth it for me to be here or would it be would life somehow be easier elsewhere? And for so many people I spoke to, the the scale was just always tipped because they felt that New York did something for them and to them that no other place could could do. And um and that was across all social the whole social spectrum. Uh, I spoke to a very high-end lawyer who told me about, you know, the fact that New York courtrooms allowed him to move around like a Shakespearean actor. He could be as dramatic as he needed to be, whereas a federal court, you had to stand. You couldn't move. And so for him, he needed this part of New York. He needed his own stage in New York. And and that just seemed to repeat itself again and again, that there was something that you got from this place that helped you put up with, you know, all of the things that, that ground you down at the same time. Were there people, like, I can't remember, people that had moved away and then found that they really missed it, that they had to come back to it? Yes, there's a, there's a doctor who appears very early in the book who um, is a bit like Goldilocks, and she goes away and she, she just can't quite find it in Illinois and she can't quite find it in California and she it's it's as if she just has this you know this this thing inside of her that that leads her back and um and in coming back to New York she in her own words finds a a, a tearful beauty in the city as she describes it and uh and I think that that is a a common story people 
throwing themselves out of New York City, but finding this pull to, to come back. And then when they're back, appreciating it, seeing it in a different way. How did it shape your views? What you thought of New York when you began this project versus how you felt about it when you were done? I um, I thought that New York would teach me the experience of being in New York would teach me a lot of practical things when I first arrived. Like I would I would learn about you know the best bagel and and how to move around in New York and the kind of logistical problems would be solved in a way. But what I didn't what I didn't think about was was the deeper life lessons that I would be taught by these incredibly eloquent and intelligent people. I didn't think that I would learn so much about compassion about the experience of being a human being about living a good new york life which is a which is a great achievement you know it's a it's those who do it and do it artfully um end up looking back on their lives with a lot of satisfaction i spent a lot of time with a hospice nurse who gave me a great insight into into these older new yorkers who were at the end of their lives but were just so happy that they had lived in this way and that they had that they had lived what they saw as as their best life in the city. Which really brings up the generational question. So many young people come to New York and then kind of graduate out of it or grow out of it in some ways as they develop families, etc. Talk about that. The therapist I interviewed um, really went into that, and she saw that almost every day with her with her clients. You know, am I now at the stage where I need to leave New York? Is it done for me? Is it a failure for me to leave New York? Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of people do. They come from elsewhere and they feel a pull to go back. They come into this great mix and they find a partner or they make money or they go on Broadway. They do the thing that they need to do and then they drift back to where they're from or, or to someplace else. The city has fulfilled that that need for them. But for others, the need is never fulfilled and, and the, the beauty and the satisfactions of New York take over and... and and I was interested in that journey too. I saw, I saw people. I spoke to people who had just arrived on the Greyhound from Arkansas, and I and I spoke to those who were, who had driven cabs for 30 years and were moving to Florida. So I I really got to hear both ends of that. You know, the, the initial allure and the and the throwing up of the white flag. What about the rhetoric that we hear? Uh, we haven't heard it as much lately, but a few years ago that New York has become too homogenized, that it it is, as somebody says in the book, it's not really a, a real place. Yeah, I think that's a that is a minute by minute and day by day struggle. Um the pandemic has has done terrible things to the to the the great mix of the city. A lot of um you know, a lot of locally owned restaurants have not survived. So there is a danger every single day of it becoming this thing. Um and and I can see that going on and on and on, and, and thankfully there are people pressing against that, but, but there is a sense of re- repetitiveness in the city. How, didn't I just pass this Bank of America? Didn't I just pass this Dwayne Reed? And, and so I think it's a very, very present danger in New York to, to lose to lose the great mix of, of all that it was. Um, there are some excellent books out about that subject. I wasn't able to go into it completely, but the people I spoke to certainly felt that tangibly, that they were that they were missing it, and that those who showed up in New York were looking around and saying, what happened? Where's the city that I heard about? By the same token, there are so many people that are newer arrivals that feel like they missed out on the city in another era, at another time. It may have been grittier, it may have been more dangerous, but it was kind of cool. Yeah, there was always that. I just had, you know, I always had people saying, oh, you missed it by, you know, 
you missed about a year to 20. Um, you, you, you've missed New York, but that is a constant too. And then you just have to, you just have to engage with the New York that's there in front of you. And, and uh, I, I think I was, I was very lucky to, to do that. So, so I do feel like pushing back against that a bit, because if you are truly interested in the city, there are, there will always be pockets of it that will, that will surprise. And there will always be, extraordinary people that you're in proximity to. So I can't say what the city was like in the forties or fifties, but I know that in my experience right now, being there, there was, there was a lot for me to engage in and and a depth and a richness that I just couldn't find anywhere else. What didn't you find there? Were there things that you expected to find that, that you didn't? I expected to, to find a a few more rich people to to speak to, (laughs) but, um, this this layer of New York, these massive empty apartments overlooking Central Park, this this kind of empty money, that was an interesting absence. You know, this sense of they are there in some way, they own these places, their presence is there, but but they are not. Um, it's a very unhealthy position for a city to be in if there's too many people who use the city but don't own it who don't belong to it who don't live there day after day and um so that was yeah that was one of the puzzling absences i talked to some of their staffs and their nannies and their tutors but but these super rich they i don't know where they are what do you think the long-term impact of the pandemic will be 10 years from now what what things as a result of the pandemic will will leave a scar i i hope for the best i hope that um that there will be a fresh appreciation of New York. I worry that there will be a, a a way in which you know the the tidal movements of the city will change. Um, people coming in from elsewhere to work in the city, bringing their energy in during the day and and leaving. I think that uh, is going to change for New York and for a lot of different cities. And I don't know what that will mean. Um, I I don't want to dwell on on what I see as as being the downsides. Um, it's it for me. It's just too depressing to think that that we could lose so much of what makes New York great. I'm I'm really hoping that there will be a a resurgence of people who who care about cities, who want to go back to them and and want to revitalize them. And and the pandemic might have shown them why these entities are so important. Um, and so I, I need to think that way because I believe in, in these places, specifically New York and London, so much. Do people have to be tougher, internally tougher, to live in New York? It is an energy. It is an energy that, that you tap into, and it and it changes you. And and uh, I think you do have to, yeah, you have to be ready for that. I, I don't know if it's a toughness or a type of resilience or a... I don't know exactly what it is, but it's but you you can't ignore it. You have to you have to be ready to be in the mix with others, and you have to be ready for um, some of the sharper edges of of what a city can do: um, confrontation and and people who don't know you, and, and situations where you're not entitled to a certain behavior. Uh, these are all things that happen in New York, and and um, yeah, you do have to be ready for that. And if if that changed. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be the place we love. And finally, if you had to pick one thing that was your favorite thing about New York, what would it be? For me, it's always the people. It's just always, always the people. And and this this project, this book, um, brought these people into my life. Some of whom are still very much in my life. And uh, and for me, that is the great social makeup of a, of a place. This you know this constantly shifting 
array of people that, that you find yourself there with. And, uh, and I just, I loved hearing about the, the dignity of all of these jobs that run cities that we don't, that we don't always pay attention to, you know, the, the window cleaners and the electricians and the elevator repairmen's and all of, all of these jobs. I just, for me, learning about that, taking part in this project where I was brought close to these extraordinary people, that, that for me is, is the greatest thing about this very great city. Craig Taylor, his book is New Yorkers, A City and Its People in Our Time. Craig, I thank you so much for spending some time with us. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Great questions, too. Thank you.